Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This week on Hometown Ghost Stories, the alleys, tunnels, and buildings of historic 25th Street in Ogden, Utah, have long been haunted by the spirits left behind from all the violent and unusual deaths that have occurred over the years. Join us as we dig into the history that led to these strange hauntings. This is episode number 55 of Hometown Ghost Stories, Ogden, Utah. Ogden, Utah, 1983. The train skated into Union Station early on a misty Saturday morning. Barbara nudged her daughter, who had fallen asleep on the long ride. She woke to look out the window, but it was fogged up with condensation. They retrieved their luggage and disembarked the train to the platform where Barbara's sister Nancy awaited their arrival. The sisters were ecstatic to see each other. The last time they'd gotten together was for Ashley's 11th birthday, five years prior. The trio left the platform and piled into Nancy's station wagon. The drive to Nancy's house was long, but they passed the time by sharing stories and funny experiences from the past five years. Along the way, the road twisted through the beautiful yet deadly Ogden Canyon. The mood in the car turned somber, as Nancy mentioned that many people had died in that canyon over the years. There were several minutes of silence following that statement. Not an awkward silence, but rather a ponderous one. Ashley was admiring the view through the backseat window. She liked the way the straggly trees would pop up sporadically through the canyon's rocky terrain. From the front seat, Barbara spotted the figure of a man on the side of the road. As they drew closer, he appeared to be walking awkwardly, as if he were disoriented or possibly limping. Barbara squinted and a pang of shock jolted through her as she realized there was a face on the back of his head looking right at her. Then she quickly felt stupid as she realized he was just walking backwards, which explained the awkward walking pattern as well as the face looking in her direction. His thumb was pointed towards the street, and he maintained eye contact with Barbara as they drove past him. Nobody said anything, but Barbara and Ashley were both glad Nancy didn't slow down to pick him up, as both of them felt he gave off a very eerie vibe. It was something about that look in his eyes. A few minutes later, and a few miles down the road, Nancy asked Barbara to fetch her wallet out of the glove box. Barbara fumbled around for a few moments, but was unable to locate it. Nancy, worried she may have left it at the station, pulled the car over to the side of the narrow road and threw it in park. Ashley was looking out her window as Nancy and Barbara relieved the glove box of its contents. A sudden pounding on the window caused Ashley to scream. The hitchhiker man they passed a few miles back was pounding on the window. He locked eyes with Ashley and opened his mouth, letting out a long, harrowing scream with a look of pure terror on his face. 
Nancy threw the car into drive and tore off down the road, leaving the man in a cloud of dust. Panicked exchanges were tossed around between the women in the car. Ashley swore it was the hitchhiker, but Nancy and Barbara couldn't understand how a man walking backwards could have covered that much distance in a matter of minutes. Before Barbara could finish her statement, Ashley pointed ahead from the back seat. Up the road about 200 feet was the figure of a man walking backwards, facing them. He was wearing the same clothes as the man from earlier. Thumb pointed out towards the road. Nancy accelerated. As they passed him, he was staring at them with that same look of terror on his face, screaming as they passed by. I'm Dave Wilkins, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, Ogden, Utah. Ogden, Utah was incorporated as a city in 1851, making it the third incorporated city west of the Missouri River after San Francisco and Salt Lake City. With the completion of the Transcontinental Railroad, Ogden welcomed the world via the Union Station Depot, the junction for railroad travel in the Intermountain West for several decades. On March 8, 1869, the first locomotive steamed into Ogden, following right behind the Union Pacific track layers. The citizens of Ogden came out to welcome the train with banners that read, Hail to the Highway of Nations, Utah bids you welcome. But not all who came to Ogden via train were legitimate and wholesome. The city quickly became known for its rough character, a place where one could witness gambling, prostitution, narcotic sales, robbery, rape, and even murder. In the 1920s, crime boss Al Capone himself was heard to comment that Ogden was too wild a town even for him. The old Union Pacific Station in Ogden, Utah, was the hub of transcontinental railroad traffic for more than 50 years. Before the building that currently sits on the end of 25th Street, there was a large Victorian depot that also had a few hotel rooms at the south end of the building. It opened in July of 1889, but the people of Ogden were unhappy with it wanting a more modern station, complaining about the small size of the building and its dark, outdated design. Union Pacific, however, did not want to invest money in a new building, and so it remained until the evening of February 13, 1923. At around 7 p.m., someone in the building who had been pressing a pair of pants let the iron get too hot, catching the pants and subsequently the building on fire. The Ogden Fire Department arrived and extinguished the flames, but the building sustained serious damage. Thankfully, nobody was injured or killed in the fire, and Ogden residents believed that now they'd get the new station that they had wanted. However, Union Pacific still didn't want to invest in a new building, opting instead to simply repair the fire damage. Union Station, 2013 it had been decades since the station was used for transportation, but the building was just as magnificent now as it was when it was operational. At least this is what the museum employee told them when they entered. Tom and Kathy were visiting Ogden for the first time and decided to check out the historical museum, which used to be Union Station. They marveled at the high ceilings with the dark wooden beams and the large mural of the people building the railroad above the arched doorways in the main room. The building was nearly empty, as they had just missed the last tour before the building closed for the night. 
there was just enough time for them to walk around and give themselves a tour before they had to vacate the building. As the couple were admiring the murals, they heard something that sounded like two wooden surfaces grinding together. Simultaneously, they both looked up and witnessed one of the old windows slowly opening on its own. The window was about 20 feet off the ground on both sides with no platform or ladder to reach it, so there was no possible way for someone to open it. An inexplicable feeling of anxiety swept over Kathy as she grabbed Tom's shoulder. Suddenly, they were interrupted by footsteps echoing across the room from behind them. They turned, expecting to see the museum employee approaching to tell them they were closing, but as they turned, they saw that nobody was there, despite both having heard the footsteps. Kathy told Tom she wanted to leave, and Tom agreed, stating they'd seen enough of the museum. As they were walking back through the main room towards the exit, the lights in the room dimmed, and they heard the open window behind them slam shut. They quickened their pace to a speed walk and hurried out the front door into the night. Frank Yenser had been employed at the Union Depot for four years and had only been promoted to cashier a few months before the fire. Monday morning, February 26th, 1923, two weeks after the fire, Frank went into work in the temporary cashier's office on the train platform. It was moved there temporarily while construction on the building was underway. Frank and two other men were working in the ticket office, watching the construction workers attempt to dismantle the enormous clock tower through the skylight window of the makeshift building they were in. Shortly before 2 p.m., a gust of wind blew the support loose, and as it fell, it knocked one of the large stone cones, estimated to weigh about 250 pounds, loose, sending it crashing through the skylight of the temporary cashier's office. Frank watched as the monstrous piece of stone tumbled through the air towards him, just moments before it crushed him to death. The other two men in the building with Frank suffered only minor injuries. The public outcry after Frank's death finally forced Union Pacific to demolish the damaged depot entirely and rebuild. The new building sits on the stone foundation of the old one, and the ghost of Frank Yenser is just one of the ghosts said to haunt the old building. Over 41 people have died in the station since the Transcontinental Railroad was completed. In 1944, two trains collided 17 miles west of Ogden, killing 48 people, and Union Station was used as a temporary morgue until the victims could be identified. Reportedly, many of these visitors never left. Faces and windows, unexplained voices and footsteps, the laughter and voices of children, lights turning off and on by themselves, and staff members being stopped from going into certain parts of the building by unforeseen forces have all been claimed. The ghost of a woman in a bright blue dress has been spotted in the building as well as the ghost of a man said to be that of Frank Yenser. He's been known to play with lights and alarms, touch visitors of the building, and open windows in hard-to-reach areas. Perpendicular to Union Station lies Ogden's historic 25th Street. From the beginning, 25th Street has been a hotspot for rebels. Often chided as Salt Lake City's devious little sister, Historic 25th Street has been breaking notions of conservative Utah for more than a century. In 1869, the Golden Spike brought together the first transcontinental railroad roughly 50 miles to the northwest of Union Station and created a boomtown in Ogden. Looking at Historic 25th Street now, it's hard to believe it was once home to brothels, political scandals, and the dark ages of gang rivalries so intense you couldn't walk the three-block length in safety. 
Due to the number of violent deaths on 25th Street, local legend says that the ghosts still roam the street and patron the local shops in the dead of night. Shop owners are aware of objects that have moved by themselves overnight, motion sensor alarms being set off when no one was there, doors locking by themselves, and a host of unexplained phenomenon. It's believed that the underground tunnels may have served as opium and gambling dens, as well as bootlegging hideouts. Full-bodied apparitions have been spotted in these tunnels that connect the buildings on 25th Street. On the corner of 25th Street and Washington Street sits Utah's most haunted hotel, the Ben Lamond Suites. The hotel was built on the corner of Washington and 25th Street in 1929 and is considered one of the three grand hotels in Utah, the only one still in operation. The hotel sits on the site of a previous hotel, the Reed. It was built in 1891. Only three days after the hotel opened, the first death occurred there. Mr. William Steele, the brother-in-law of one of the owners, was found dead in his bed due to tuberculosis. Mr. Steele's presence may be one of the many felt at the hotel. In September of 1921, a cook, Asuki Nakano, fell to his death in the elevator shaft. As the story goes, he called the elevator and waited for it to arrive. The doors opened and he stepped in without looking. What he hadn't realized is that the doors opened early and the elevator hadn't yet descended to his floor. He fell three stories to the bottom of the shaft where he died on impact. The reed was demolished in 1926, but the Ben Lamond uses the same shafts and has long been haunted by Nakano's ghost. The elevator will move from floor to floor without any human intervention, and guests sometimes complain about having their elevator ride stop in between floors and the doors open to the concrete wall of the shaft. In 1939, two men arrived at the hotel and approached the front desk. They asked the desk clerk to be taken to the top floor. The clerk denied them, but they walked past her, took the elevator to the top floor, walked down the south hallway, opened the window, and leapt to their deaths. Two other known deaths have occurred on the 11th floor. It's said that a woman drowned in the bathtub of room 1102 on her honeymoon night. Guests have reported the tub faucet turning on and off by itself and feel a dark presence in the room. Soon after the woman's death, her adult son came to the hotel to collect his mother's things. He stayed in the adjoining room, 1101. It's rumored that he was distraught over her death and he committed suicide there. Visitors report hearing voices, feeling cold spots, and some report seeing the ghost himself. Aside from historic 25th Street, there are several other locations in Ogden that are said to be haunted, including the beautiful but deadly Ogden Canyon. Many people have died on the winding canyon road, and some may still be hanging out there. Some drivers report seeing a woman in white walking along the road, who disappears as the cars get near. Several reports have been made over the years of people sighting Native American ghosts and strange animals that are, quote, not of this world. Some people refuse to drive the road at night. Other reports are that of the tormented soul of a murdered hitchhiker walking along the road that winds through the canyon. It's said that he will pound on your window and scream at you and your passengers before disappearing. 1983. As Nancy passed the man for the third time, she was sure it was him. Barbara was as white as a ghost, and Ashley was crying in the back seat. 
Nancy pressed down on the accelerator and increased her speed, trying to put as much distance as she could between her and the hitchhiker. The rest of the ride through the canyon was tense, but there was no further sight of the strange man. Ashley couldn't shake the image of him screaming at her from outside her window. The look in his pale eyes was something she couldn't forget. It was as if the image was burned into the back of her eyelids. It was all she saw when she closed her eyes. They may have left the strange hitchhiker ghost in Ogden Canyon that day, but he continued to haunt Ashley's nightmares for years to come. Folks, welcome into Hometown Ghost Stories, episode number 55, Ogden, Utah. I'm Jesse Wilkins. I'm joined by Rob Coakley. Hello, Rob. It's about time we got to Utah. Um, I was looking for a new state to bury Dave in. Hello, Dave. Hello. Utah, I thought was uh, I, I thought we were going to land in Salt Lake City because that was like the, the obvious one. But I found this town called Ogden that I didn't know existed. And I uh, looked into it and was like, oh, there's a ton of stuff here. So here we are. I had also, I had also never heard of uh, Ogden. And um, I'm also joined in studio by Mon Pops Wilkins. Hi. Yeah. Oh, hey. There they are. Couple live studio in. audience. Yeah, look at that. We have a live studio audience today. Yeah. So uh, I, actually, I actually think it's more fun that you found something that wasn't Salt Lake City, right? Like when we... There's always some good stories in these major cities, but when you can actually find these like smaller towns that like I haven't heard of Ogden, but then you find all this like rich haunted history and ac- actual history of the place, it's sometimes even more interesting to me. True. Ogden's not also it's not a small town, it's a, an actual city, but um yeah, either way. I tried to be nice to you and you just come in here firing corrections at me. You shouldn't have to try to be nice to me, Rob. We're friends. Eh. It shouldn't be it. It shouldn't be an effort. It, it is. It's quite an effort. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, but it it is fun to hear the history of this city, like because it's so outside the norm of what you hear with Utah, right? Like I didn't know it, that there was a city like this in Utah that kind of like goes against the grain for what Utah's like very anti drinking for the most part and stuff like that. And right. you hear that this this city itself is like full of debauchery. Right. Uh, did I mean, did Utah, I know Utah like became that way with, um, you know, the Mormons um, kind of taking over that area. But I don't think, I mean, it wasn't, it didn't start that way, right? Not that, I mean, not that I know of. Well, I mean, probably not because now I'm going to get into my Mormon history that I know nothing of. I know, <laughs> I know the South Park episode of, of how the Mormon thing came to be which is in like the late 1800s or something like that but yeah yeah. maybe it was maybe maybe it did start that way i don't know it could have it could have well you had mentioned in the show that there was brothels and bars in town right so right those things yeah not typical mormon activities that i know 
that you're. I mean, I also don't know. None of us know. No, no, no. We don't make we don't make the rules. We don't make the rules. (laughs) Let's that Uh, real quick before we jump completely into Ogden. I want to thank everyone who's hanging out in live chat. If you guys want to be part of it, every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard, we are live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Uh, Shout out to Jessica who turned in from Disneyland. Uh, Thank you for taking time out of your Disneyland experience to tune into our show. That's awesome. And And big shout out to Dale who canceled a date so that he could be here for the live stream, <laughs> which is a level you know, of dedication that, that I, that's I, some dedication, unmatched. but you, you need to call her. You need to be like, look, I, I'm sorry. I canceled this date. I had to listen to this thing about ghosts. If you need us to, we will record an apology video for you just to, <laughs> just to smooth things over with, with the girlfriend or potential girlfriend or, I don't know what this situation is, but or, like, or no, no longer potential girlfriend. No longer potential yeah. girlfriend. What you could do is send her a link. You're the, about you know. to get. You are about to literally get ghosted. So you need to <laughs> you need to fix this situation. For sure. So uh, yeah, shout out to everybody who's hanging out in live chat. I see a, a lot of the usual crowd here, and um, you know Matthew T. Brent, uh, Brennan's here for a second time. So welcome back. Cashers here. Cashers' new album is dropping on the 18th. There's a little link that's been popping up on YouTube. For those who are listening, though, uh, you could pre-order it. It's called House of Roses 2. House of Roses 1 was phenomenal. So, And Cash does some of the music here. So it was in this episode. You hear some of it. A little backing spooky music. And um, he does a phenomenal job with that, but also a great artist. So definitely check him out. Oh, and, my uh, God. It was a first date. It, it's You've ruined it, Dale. I can't save this for you. Is it There's, considered a first date if it never happened? Yeah, it's we can't we can't fix this for you. I'm sorry, bud. Uh, we we're we're here for you though. Every Tuesday at nine o'clock, <laughs> you can come vent in the chat that That's you right. uh, didn't didn't have this date. So, but thank you for being here. We'll never leave you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least we have consistency. Yeah, we have that at least. So, uh, I just want to hit uh, some sources real quick that I used for this episode. We did uh, visit Ogden.com, thedeadhistory.com, northogdenconnection.com, historic25.com, and werewolfs.com. So werewolfs? All Wolfs, W O O F S. Yep. All right. Fair. So. Interesting. Well, thank you. And before we go further, I want to give a Special shout out and apology. I think it was Rachel B that we had accidentally left out of the patron screen. So sorry, Rachel. Uh, Rachel, you're you're still important. And uh, and thank you for being a patron. And sorry for leaving you out. It was Rachel, right? It was Rachel. It, it was. was Rachel. And it was you two that left her out, not me. Her name is in my credits on my episodes. Okay. Oh, congrats, yeah. Dave. You. So sorry. I'm saying I don't forget my patrons. You don't. Yeah. Mm. So good job, Take Dave. It for what it's worth. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Whatever. Are you? Do you feel good about yourself now? Can we can we move forward and talk about <laughs> Ogden, Utah, now that you've gotten that off your chest? No, I want to drag this out a little bit. All right, keep going. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. I don't. <laughs> we can, the past is the past. It's behind us. Oh, Rachel's here. Good. So it was Rachel that we forgot. And she said, that's okay. Thank you. See that, Dave? We've been forgiven, and you're mm-hmm. the only one who keeps, just keeps dragging this out. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's true. I gave Rachel a care package for the um, for Jesse being such a unthoughtful monster. Wait a second, you forgot it too. Um, that's because I ripped the page from your video. So well, that's that's what you get for stealing from me. That's what you get for stealing from me. It's our show. We own the show together. All right, let's let's get to the important issues here. Matt asks if there are any pirates in Utah. Uh, yeah, so uh, we can start it off with the pirates. So uh, the Ooh, desert, baby. 
the desert pirates of Utah. I'm just kidding. There's no desert pirates in Utah. <laughs> ah, damn it. All right. I'll take ah. this right off the screen. No, but we got our Al Capone reference in. So it's like the episodes we don't have pirates. We typically have Al Capone. So we are trying to make sure that we are completely banned on TikTok at some point. Yeah. yeah right. Anytime we talk about Al Capone, we just get buried on YouTube and TikTok. So uh, yeah. anything we can do to tank the show, this is, uh, this is how we do it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I um, guess the first location we could talk about is the obvious one, the main one. That's Union Station, which was the um, the location where most of the hauntings, at least that I found, uh, were. So you had Frank Yenser, who uh, he worked in the station, and he was the one who was uh, in the he was working in the temporary ticket office when the um, the clock tower basically blew over when they were um, renovating it, and that stone came crashing through the skylight that he was working with and just squished him and um that was obviously very unfortunate but his ghost well yeah it's a fucking clock tower squishing somebody it's it's quite unfortunate dave it is it is and it's uh it's a tragedy but you can't really tell a ghost story without a tragedy they all start that way but um it's like, a, is- it's like a batman villain crime i'm gonna drop the clock tower on this man type of deal i know it is. That's a that's a that's an interesting take on it. But um, he was not a Batman villain. Just to be clear, just want to clear that up. How do you know? Most I likely guess. not. Most likely not. Can't prove that he wasn't, but you know, it hasn't been proven that he was. So there's that. I think the bigger disaster is probably. I mean, the the uh, was it the Bagley train disaster killed 48 people. Yeah. So that was that didn't happen in Ogden. But what happened was they took all of the victims from that train crash and they brought them back and stored them in Union Station and used it as a morgue. So, so kind it, of a, it must have been relatively close, right? Or the next. Yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was a few miles out of the city. Um, it was the closest city to to the crash. That's why they elected to store them all there. But they think that that's where a lot of the uh, hauntings are coming from. Um, you get the ghosts of the, the child, the children ghosts that. Um, are reportedly seen in the hallways and um yeah, there's also really- a woman who's supposed to roam the halls of the second floor several people have claimed to see her but she only speaks to men so mm. is that the uh lady in blue i'm not sure so the lady in the blue is um she's one of the ghosts that haunt uh union station so there's a few different versions of this story but uh no matter what version you hear there are uh, a lot of aspects that are um, common. So she's a beautiful woman wearing a radiant blue dress. Uh, she was abandoned by her lover and then blinded by her tears of sorrow. She ran wailing across the yard in grief. Uh, she didn't watch where she was going. She stepped in front of an oncoming train and was killed. This uh, is literally what just happened to Dale on the chat when he when he didn't go on this date. Maybe. Yeah, she's just blinded by <laughs> tears of sorrow. She ran wailing away. No, Matt's. I mean, no. Oh, Dale, he's just blinded by tears of sorrow watching the show now. <laughs> Thinking of what could have been. The guy skipped out on that for this. <laughs> uh, another version of the story isn't super different, but it claims the woman in the blue dress and her lover were arguing in the station yard, and he takes back her engagement ring and throws it away. The woman in tears runs to recover the ring. Again, not watching where she's going, steps in front of the oncoming train. So. The, uh, I the end. I get, I get taking away the the ring, but throwing it away is just wasteful. That's a lot of money. Yeah, spent on that's that. not. That's a significantly less believable story mm-hmm. than the other one, I think. 
Um, but regardless of the story, uh, visitors to Union Station are frequently terrorized by the sound of a wailing female voice and by the sight of a woman in a blue dress dashing through the rail yard. So uh, possibly a banshee. Ooh. Possibly. Well, that's fun. But ter- terrorized seems like a bit of an overdramatic statement. Mm, yeah, terrorized by this beautiful woman. <laughs> I could hear, I could hear, like, terrorized. I mean, I'm bothered, disturbed, mm. scared. Scared. So I want to backtrack just a little bit. Um, you said that you thought you were going to find everything for Salt Lake City for our first Utah episode. What what were you just like stumbling around and came across Ogden, or was there a specific thing that caught your attention? It was uh, it was kind of funny. Every, I kept trying to type in like uh, ghost stories in U- uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, and everything that I kept coming across was just Ogden, Utah. I'm like, what the really? heck? Like, get out of my face! I'm trying to find Salt Lake City, and it was after like the first, the third attempts to find something. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just cover Ogden. <laughs> so, <laughs> So it was yeah. like a sign from the universe that we needed to cover Ogden. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. When I was looking at stuff, when you had mentioned this is what we were doing, it seems like Ogden does lean into it um, a bit where they embrace the haunted history of the city. And I always like this, the towns and cities that do that as opposed to the ones that try to like hide it or try to like act like it didn't happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, like so. Yeah. Yeah, well, kind of. You mean you mean Salem leaning into it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, Salem leans into the witch history. They lean up. They shy away from the ghost history. It. I think it. Well, not real. There's so many ghost tours. I think the only thing that really, really shies away from the ghost history is the House of Seven Gables and the Witch House and the Witch House. Mm. But you can still go on tours. So true, true. that one's kind of on the fence. But I'm. But there's some towns where they just do not want you talking about the haunted history of it at all. And yeah, that is true. Those are the ones where I'm like, eh, we're still going to tell your tales because mm-hmm. um, there's still stuff to learn. This like about the city itself. Like I knew nothing of Ogden and now I know about like the construction of the entire yeah. city um, that it's even there. And when I look at it, I'm like, oh, if we ever went here, we could go to 25th Street and hang out and, you know, bar hop or whatever, like. Yeah. That's that's what I like about episodes like this. It's like I I didn't even know Ogden existed, but now I know the history behind the city. Yeah, and from from what I found, um, most of the haunted locations are right on Twenty Fifth Street, including Union Station. Which the address of Union Station is technically not Twenty Fifth Street, but the way it works is Twenty Fifth Street runs directly into Union Station, which mm-hmm. runs on the street perpendicular to it. But um, but yeah, the the Union Station, the the Ben Lamond Hotel. Right yep. on 25th, um, and then all the haunted shops in between, and the tunnels underneath it also are technically 25th Street as well, uh, which is cool to have a whole haunted street. And to what, like what you were just saying is, you know, there'll be a great city to go to to investigate because you can just hang out on 25th Street, which is basically like the Vegas Strip of Ogden, Utah, and just hit all these haunted locations. So this is like one of my favorite haunted cities that we've covered for that particular reason. Just have a whole ley line like that, and a whole strip of of haunted places is pretty cool. And it's not even the whole the uh, only haunted places. We'll touch on a few more of those later on in the episode. But there's also several several other locations around Ogden that are that are haunted. So, but we're we're old, and we like that everything's centralized. We're like, <laughs> we can go do everything in five minutes because it's all right there. Great, um, and we don't exactly. have to like traverse everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like you know when Rob has to walk ten minutes across a beach. 
and complains about <laughs> it. Right. It was soft day. sand, Dave. <laughs> it was so much more than 10 minutes. It was at least 15 minutes, and it was sand. It was awful. It, <laughs> it was, was the worst. It was it was uh, it was a lot longer of a walk than it than it looked like it was going to be. Uh, I, I told you in the beginning that it was a long walk, and you didn't true. listen to me. Uh, Mariah says, "Don't tarnish my Vegas with Utah." It was a weak comparison. I was not at all saying Ogden, Utah, is close, or even remotely close to. I mean, it, it is geographically close to Vegas. <laughs> but, I mean, like in comparison, it's not. I was just like saying that that one strip is like. Well, Vegas has has like regular Vegas Strip, and then there's Old Vegas. Ogden is probably more like old, 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 old Vegas. Old Vegas. Right. Exactly. Exactly that many olds. Yeah, you nailed it. Brennan leaves a very hot comment, says, must have been a conspiracy that they were all together. I'm glad you're here, Brennan. You're welcome anytime with jokes like that, my friend. <laughs> that is phenomenal. That's a good one. That was a good one. So um, Squatch says, I, I like when a city plans their hauntings and puts them all together. It is convenient. It reminds me a little bit of Salem where you have so many different locations right near Essex Street. So you can just kind of stroll around and hit all of them within a very close vicinity to each other. Vegas, however... Uh, deceptively far is each casino from, from the yeah, next yeah. one. So it's like, oh yeah, we could just we could just walk from Mandalay Bay to Caesar's Palace. Six years later, you're like, we've made it. And I nearly died in the desert four times. But yeah, each each casino street. is like a 10 minute walk across the beach away from each other. <laughs> <laughs> just to put it in comparison, nobody has any idea what we're talking about at this point. <laughs> They do if uh, they're paying attention to the last five minutes. Uh, Taylor asks, how often are you guys live? We are live every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as I say relentlessly. But yes, that's that's how often we're live. And then occasionally we go live on a Friday or a special event, like we were just live on Halloween. And then, you know, so sometimes we go live for special events and sometimes we go live for certain cursed possessions or celebrity haunting episodes if they're really good. You never yeah. know what you're going to get. Oh, we might be so doing what would you more... do Good. I was gonna say what you do know is you get the Tuesdays, but yeah, yeah, you do get the Tuesdays. And Definitely get Tuesdays. Yeah. We're still discussing it, but I don't know who joined for the campfire tales, but we might be doing more of those live in the future as well. Those, those are, are fun. fun, and despite what Rob says, Captain McSlugs is always welcome because what? I haven't I haven't laughed that hard in a very long time. So that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was yeah. great. Uh, so one other ghost that I didn't mention in the opening video uh, that haunts the Union Station is uh, that of a Civil War soldier. Um, yeah. What he was doing out in Utah, I don't know. Did they fight the Civil War in Utah? I don't think they did. Um, I don't think they did. I don't know, but I'm sure there's some Civil War historians that will let you know if the war got all the way out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so another section of the building of Supernatural Note is the Browning Arms Museum inside the Union Station. The museum is a comprehensive collection of firearms produced by Browning Arms. It's thought that some of the firearms in the collection might have ghosts of their own. Uh, visitor and security guard tell of seeing a few men dressed in old military uniforms, including one gentleman with long handlebar mustache dread, dressed in a Civil War uniform. So, um, so it's might, not... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. That might explain it then. Uh, if the guns were brought in from the Civil War and one of the guns happened to have... Um, a ghost attached to it as um, we know that ghosts can sometimes attach themselves to objects 
uh, that would explain why. Well, there, there were, so there were no battles fought in Utah, but right. there were uh, units that were brought in. They were assigned to guard mail and telegraph lines, which were being raided by Native American tribes. Gotcha. So there were, there were soldiers that were stationed out there. So for a haunting to be out there is not completely out of place or out of the ordinary and completely possible. Mm, very true. So that would explain that, I suppose. There's also a Civil War monument in Utah. So there are in things tied to Ogden? the Civil War. Uh, just in Utah. I, I'm not entirely sure where. Mm. Mm. Well, that makes sense, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was that's Union Station. Uh, a very haunted place. I think it's at the state capitol, so not Ogden. But who knows? I mean, I don't, I don't think the monument – there doesn't have to be a monument, obviously, to be a haunting. If people were stationed in Utah, then it could have been could have been around there. And there's obviously a railroad line since we covered that extensively. True. So, could have passed through. We don't make the well, rules. We don't make the rules. But I think the likely, the likely um, situation is that one of the guns might have had something attached to it that they brought in at the museum. Could, yeah, it could absolutely be an object. Obviously, a museum opens the doors for absolutely anything to happen. So, mm, True. Uh, I want to jump into the Ben Lamond Hotel because there is some wacky stuff, some crazy history, uh, a lot of tragedy, a lot of just just, just ridiculous situations that occurred. Um, the two, I think the craziest one is the two guys that um, went in, went up to the front desk and asked the clerk to let them go up to the top floor. Clerk says no. And they're like, we're going to do it anyways. And they run by, get in the elevator all the way up to the top floor, run down the hallway and jump out the window to their deaths, which is uh, insane. And I guess the story behind that is they, this was towards the tail end of the great depression. um, And they had both lost their jobs and they decided, I guess, to have a suicide pact. And they took it to the Ben Lamont hotel which at the time it was the uh, was the Reed Hotel, I believe, um, and they jumped out that top um, floor window. The kicker there is that it was like at the very end of the depression. But the problem is, is at the time they obviously didn't know it was the tail end of the depression, and it probably seemed like it was just going to drag out forever at that right. time. So that's tough. That's tough. But those two ghosts are said to haunt the top floor. You can catch these guys roaming around up there, allegedly. Um, it's such a wild, like, like people have packs, right? They, they do this and it's tragic, but in this fashion, especially is like extra crazy. Like your plan is to get to the top floor of the hotel and then both just sprint to the window, like yeah. jump out of it. That is crazy. I think there's, I wonder if they had a different plan in mind before. And that was like their backup plan because why would you have to ask the front desk if you can just get in the elevator and go up anyways? Yeah, that's interesting. It um, might have been harder to get, like you might have needed, I, I'm just winging it here, but hotels were probably different back in the day a little bit and might have been more difficult to get past them to go up. Yeah, I wonder if this was like the time when they would have like a elevator like attendant or whatever. Right. You know, the people that just their job is to stand in the elevator and press the buttons for you. Right. So, it's a wild mystery as to how their job became unnecessary anymore. It's like, wait, maybe we could just have them press the buttons themselves. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to pay you anymore. Yeah. I wonder if that yeah. was like the first um, the first version of like the uh, automated cashier checkout at like Star Market where you, I wonder if all the people were outraged that the uh, 
that they were being replaced by people pressing the buttons themselves. It happens all the time. Yeah. Mm. Those horses were pissed off when cars got invented. Oh, the horses were living. They never next, got over it. Next was the elevator guy. Mm, true. The bellhop, mm-hmm. I believe. Oh, that's that. the word for it. Yeah, mm. I think. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I will I will say at grocery stores, though, I, I scan items, but if I miss one, I shouldn't be charged for shoplifting. I wasn't trained properly. I don't get a paycheck to do this. That's true. That's true. So, and for uh, any law enforcement listening, Rob does not shoplift. Rob doesn't go to grocery stores. That's true. If Rob has high anxiety, <laughs> Rob is afraid of grocery stores. Mm-hmm. Rob is more likely to. Rob is more likely to enter a haunted house than he is to enter a, a grocery store. <laughs> this is valid. Yeah. To, pr- is to protect valid. your grocery store from Rob, you could just put sandpaper on the door handles, and he'll never enter ever Definitely. again. Not that he, he enters anyway. So you guys are really stressing me out right now, and I don't appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> well, if you didn't admit to being a thief on the podcast. We wouldn't have to take these extreme measures. So there's also I admit those... it to not being trained. If you're going to expect me to do a job at your place. You know what, Rob? Now is not the time to talk about trains, okay? It's an emotional yeah, episode. Sorry. We had a train wreck. 48 people died, and you're just <laughs> not very sensitive. Anyways, um, so train th- tracks. Which, which floor? Was that the 11th floor that they hopped out of? It was the top floor. I'm not sure how many floors were. Okay. So altogether. the 11th floor is supposed to also be haunted by a mother and her son. Um, apparently they were staying, the mother was staying at the hotel for her honeymoon, but she drowned in the bathtub of room 1102 guests report that the bathtub faucet turns on and off by itself. And there's a haunting presence in the room. The woman's son came to collect her things and he stayed in the adjoining room 1101. So I don't think 1101 would be the adjoining room. First of all, that would be across the hall, right? In a typical rules. In a typical hotel layout fashion, but this was this was the when it was the Reed Hotel before, right? I'm not sure. It says Ben Lamont Suites, so right. No, it is. I mean, I covered this one in the original the opening thing, and it was uh oh no 1939. So this was the uh, Ben Lamont, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the yeah, I don't think they would have been adjoining. They might have been across the hall from each other. Anyway, so apparently he stayed in the adjoining room 1101, also called the room across the hall. Uh, he was distressed and distressed. I'm sorry, depressed and distraught, and he committed suicide. Um, guests in this room report cold spots and creepy feelings, and some say that the ghost himself has been seen. So that's uh, that's one story there. That's from right. in your state. This this site, I've. Published- just, well, just from just from knowing things, this this site tends to get a lot of things wrong. But well, I covered this one story. in the uh, opening uh, video there, and what I my my question about it, and Papa Squatch had a, a similar question, was what's where where was the husband? If they were on their honeymoon and she died in the bathtub, I got some questions for the husband, mm-hmm. right? How do you die in a bathtub? I mean, unless you had like maybe all right, she could have had a heart attack or something. Um, Stephanie, so says, Stephanie says at least he's not a naked ghost like on the East Coast. Yeah, we, that ghost we is know. that ghost is wild. <laughs> I mean, she yeah. could have drank too much. It's the honeymoon, right? Um, passed out from drinking. But to to continue on this point about the husband, why did the son have to come collect the possessions if the husband was there? Right. Who knows the specific? Maybe he was all you know, just a mess after the death and. I was like, I'm out of here. Someone else go get us, go get her stuff. I can't spare to see that room again. Who knows? Or he murdered murder. her in the bathtub, which is where murder. we're really going with this, right? Murder. This is what we're all thinking. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. You did it, sir. I know it. Mm-hmm. It's got murder written all over it. It's this is a this is a good old fashioned murder. That's what it sounds like to me. Uh, so Ogden High School is apparently haunted as well. Unless there's anything else you want to touch on with um, the Ben Lamont suites. Uh, yeah, murder. there was there was um, there was a few here that was that was pretty wild. Uh, so I, we talked about uh, Asuki Nakano, the chef who fell down the elevator shaft. Um, that's a pretty crazy oh, that's one. A tough haunted, one. Yeah. haunted elevator shaft is pretty scary because you're in an elevator and you're already dealing with claustrophobia, right? You're dealing with uh, your your you know irrational fear of the elevator just plummeting to the ground and falling. I mean that's that happens almost never. Yet it's on everybody's mind every time they enter oh, an sure. elevator. I'm 100 percent sure of it. And if you say it's not, I think you're a liar. But um, and then add the fact that it's haunted to it. So that's I mean that's just a terrifying situation altogether, right there. So this has like a real case and a name tied to it. I feel like with so many buildings, you get stories about the elevator shaft. It's like, oh yeah, a woman died falling down the elevator shaft. They're never confirmed. This one's confirmed and we have a name. So I yeah. feel like that's got a little bit more legitimacy to it. Absolutely. Uh, that was a pretty wild one. And then the last ghost that haunts there that I was able to find is um, the ghost of Edward Spellman. So in March 9th, 1929, uh, the death took place during the time the Utah Canners Association had their annual convention at the hotel, which sounds riveting, um, <laughs> to be completely honest. Uh, but one of the members, Dan Rollins, invited a few of his friends to his room on the 12th floor to drink before they joined the others at the ballroom for some dancing. One of those people invited was Edward Spellman. Another person invited was the wife of one of the friends of Roland, and she had too much to drink, so she decided to lay down for a bit uh, up in her room. Later, Roland and his friends, uh, together with Spellman, went back to the ballroom. But at some point, Spellman went back to the room of Roland. Roland then caught him attacking the woman who was lying down in bed. They then had a scuffle. Roland hit Spellman on the chin, and uh, he fell down and hit his head on the wall. And Spellman died as a result because of the ruptured artery. Uh, and he is alleged to haunt the hotel. And his ghost is said to um, women will wake up to being assaulted by this ghost, basically, while they sleep. Which okay. Sleeping. Well, it sounds like he deserved what he got coming to him. Yeah. I, uh, but now he haunts the haunts the hotel. So that that's like a ghost that obviously you want to be concerned about and try not to provoke and and you want to look out for obviously yeah so, definitely a malign spirit not a fun woman in white or woman in blue or something like that that's a that's a evil spirit with a dark past mm. very very oklahoma city vibes to that ghost oh yeah that's right that one hotel that the basketball players are not fond of right correct right is that yeah. is that everything at this uh at this hotel i mean it's a lot when I said there is, yeah. This, I don't this, mean to like minimalize it because there's so much. Is that it? Yeah. Uh, so the, I guess, well, the wife of um, Eccles, who was a former owner of the Bigelow Ben Lamont Hotel, is said to be one of the spirits still living in the building. Um, and she apparently haunts the first floor. And she's the one you can um, you'll find like phantom old-fashioned perfume scents and lots of cold spots and disembodied voices that they tie to that particular ghost. I think Jesse brought up a great point on a previous episode. And I want to, I don't know if tonight's the night to dive into it. I think it was actually last week. I hate that these hotels and people like say that these ghosts haunt very specific areas of a hotel. How do you know? 
like how do you know who is doing what where unless you consistently see them right right you'd have to see the specter or like the actual apparition right of that person and then recognize them in theory unless it's something like the elevator shaft situation where you know that that particular person died in that exact spot right that spot's haunted that would make sense Mm -hmm. Um, but for this one yeah i don't know i don't know how they they came to that conclusion yeah i i just i mean other than like if you're getting some sort of communication with them via spirit box or yeah i think i think what they're probably mostly going off of is is a specific kind of evidence popping up on a certain floor but like what's to say that this is the ghost of the sixth floor and this is the ghost of the first floor this is the ghost of the 11th floor it's like well how do you know the ghost doesn't move around you know yeah so i think um I think we need to be more open to the fact that these ghosts might be haunting multiple locations within buildings and hotels and stuff like that. Right. right. Matthew Thomas says, breaking news, Rob hates something. First time on the show. Ever. Such a, I'm such a jolly guy. Papa Squatch says, uh, could be identified by name tags. And Stephanie says, could be identified by name tags. <laughs> tags probably yeah. more likely. <laughs> well tags is good. Well done. What what do you want to hit on next for a location, Dave? Um, so the last haunted location that I covered um, in my research was the Ogden Canyon. And this is haunted by the ghost of a hitchhiker who the people believe was a murdered hitchhiker. And um, this is where the opening story came from, which was a, a, an account where three people had witnessed the apparition of this um hitchhiker along the road so what he the story behind him is that you'll drive past him and then you'll catch a he'll bang on your window and scream at you and then disappear right which is yeah so there's that there's also guess what a woman in white uh who is also walking along the road she disappears as cars get closer to her and um they say that like the reason that this road is super haunted is it's very windy and difficult to navigate and there's a ton of car accidents that happen and people die along the road um maybe they also hit hitchhikers which is why you have this story of ghostly hitchhikers particularly creepy though was the way that they just keep seeing it as the road goes on and i like how for the first time i think ever you went back to the ghost story at the end of the podcast which was a yeah bold, bold move i decided i was going to break it up and use it as the closer which was fun um, but yeah, this is, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, Native American, um, lore tied to this area too, because there were obviously tribes that, um, inhabited this area and they have a lot of history in that area as well. And they're, they said that there's the ghosts of Native American spirits that, um, are spotted all over the Ogden Canyon and unrelated to that are, um, uh, creatures like, uh, non-human creatures that they see also, which I think is pretty creepy. And, uh, I hope it's Puckwudgies. I also hope it's Puckwudgies, but I think Puckwudgies <laughs> are indigenous to Bridgewater, Massachusetts. <laughs> so probably not out in Utah. Stephanie uh, says Skinwalkers, which was more what I was leaning towards because um, you have Skinwalker ranches out in Utah. Right. And uh, not in Ogden, but um, in that general area. So Redacted brings up hitchhiking ghost stories are the reason I hate driving at night. I'm just kidding. Rachel brings that up. I just wanted to <laughs> anger you. But we, me and Dave were actually talking about hitchhiking ghosts before we went live on this episode. And I was talking to him about, I found so many hitchhiking ghost stories and they're, they're all different. 
like from different states and i i kind of want to figure out a way to put together a series of just the tales of hitchhiking ghosts because there's so many good ones across the country and probably across the world for that matter yep elvis yep elvis was one of them um we have a big one on route 44 that we'll cover in the uh on the upcoming Pakwaji episode. Can't wait for that. Um, there's also the story of uh, Florence, Florence Grange, the old legend, Flo, yeah. Flo the ghost. She's at a Ogden City Cemetery. So she's rumored to have died. And when uh, that was when she was hit by a car or by choking on a piece of candy. Or the other, or <laughs> the coroner or, was baffled. <laughs> like it's one or the other. I can't. Or there's another one. Or oh, Spanish flu. Yes. Or okay. also the Spanish flu, which is most likely. I I just don't. Okay. Maybe you can mix up. Like maybe they were sick, or maybe they choked. But I don't think you can make a mistake on maybe they choked on a piece of candy, or she was hit by a car. I think there would be some injuries. We well, don't make rules. Mean, I mean, her head and chest are completely caved in, but I mean, this could be the result of choking on some candy. Have we ruled out peppermint twists? Could it be Mentos? And then she drank Diet Coke without noticing. Mm. Never know. Yeah, Kazer had to cave right in. Anyways, uh, so it's, it's it's like when a when a cop shows up to like a hom- a homicide or something, but they they roll into the building. They're like, this person was clearly beaten to death, suicide. Yeah, you know, <laughs> beat himself to death with a chair. <laughs> it's just a coroner who definitely didn't show up to the uh, to work that day, and they asked for the report the next day. He's like, "Oh yeah, I was hit by a car, or candy, or flu." I just well, couldn't really tell. Yeah, what I can confirm I is, de- she I is, was, she is in fact dead. <laughs> she is dead, and I was definitely at work. <laughs> these are the only two things i can confirm <laughs> anyway so if you drive into the cemetery and you approach her gravesite in your car and flash your lights she will appear and walk towards your car vanishing before she reaches it so that's kind of the old legend of ogden city cemetery if yes, that were to check out that would be very very creepy and very awesome there's also alto rest memorial park which is like another cemetery and it says that <laughs> sorry, Brennan says, or she was hit by a piece of candy while choking on a car. <laughs> That's pretty much what the coroner wrote up there. Uh-huh. Wander through Alta Rest Memorial Park and take a bunch of photos. When you look at them later, you might see people that were definitely not there while you were photog- photographing the area. Visitors also report seeing headstones glowing in shades of blue or green and say that some of the headstones never get cold when it snows. The snow melts right off the gravestones, even though others nearby are covered in inches of powder, which is an interesting one because we usually see the reverse of this, right? Where we see cold spots uh, in the graveyard. So hot spots is interesting. And I kind of want to dig more into this off stream this week and see if there's any. Yeah, temperatures can fluctuate either either way. Go ahead, Diff. We know stones, uh, and particularly stones that gravestones are made out of, retain energy in the form of heat. So mm-hmm. if you get the sun baking on these stones all day and they're just retaining that heat, it starts snowing, and maybe the snow doesn't stick to it and melts because the stone is warmer than the atmosphere around it for a period of time anyways. So that could that could explain it, I think. Maybe. I like Stephanie's theory better, which is just demons are hot. Mm. Yeah, who's, the hottest, who's the hottest demon? Um, 
Bashubu. I'm not supposed to can't be naming them. Bashubu is the hottest demon for mm. sure. Fix someone got mad at us when we kept naming the demons. <laughs> it was definitely <laughs> stop doing that. <laughs> Papa Squash says, Dave, get your science out of here. It's ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Any um, other locations you want to touch on in Ogden? I had another one, if you just bear with me for a moment, because you kind of threw me all off. We had this all planned before the show, but That's Jesse fine. wasn't That's here. Fine. I'll touch on one more. I, I'm not sure, entirely sure if this is in Ogden, but it was the uh, Gray Cliff Lodge restaurant, Dave. Did you look into that one? I believe it is in Ogden, and I did briefly look into it. Yeah, there's, 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 there's a ton there. on it, but there's a guy who apparently um, is seen in the, the windows and sometimes in the dining room. He appears to be a pleasant middle-aged man. How do you know he's pleasant just by looking at him? They said his appearance looks pleasant. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose. Maybe he's wearing a scally cap. Mm, maybe. Seems pleasant. It does we seem have pleasant. we have a more maybe recent hot hometown thing. ghost story swag or something like hey, I can talk to that mm-hmm. guy for a while. Weber State University in 1993, a student at Weber State University was in a student grievance hearing when he pulled out a gun and started shooting. An on comp an on blah, words an on campus police officer shot the man who later died from his wounds. Students report feeling as though they're being watched here, and some claim to feel cold spots and hear unexplained noises. That's creepy. Mm. Don't like Recent, that one too. Don't yeah. like school shootings. No. Not good. Yeah, and Tinseltown theaters at the mall. There's a rumor that two people who worked for the theater. Um, unsubscribed from their own lives. Oh, we're on YouTube, we can say it. They committed suicide years ago. Current employees report two dark shadows that plague them in the theaters while they're cleaning. They hear growling noises and thumps. Workers in the projection room have reported that they've been trapped in there when the door apparently locks by itself. Mm. Yeah, no thanks. No Growling no thanks. and getting locked in a room? Yeah. Hard pass. Yeah, that's a tough combination. That's uh, we've done a couple of stories recently about um, the doors locking on their on their own as part of the haunting. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, I can promise you those people do not get paid enough to deal with those circumstances, right? In a movie and I, theater, and I promise you, when they ask for the raise due to the haunting, they are likely turned down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, big big pass on that for me. I don't mm-hmm. want to. Now I don't even want to go see a movie there. Like, can you imagine watching Smile in that movie theater and something just starts growling <laughs> next to you? I know, I, seriously. I'm scared enough right now. I yeah, don't, gro- I growling don't, is not one of those fun hauntings. No, I don't want to. Yeah. Just like, oh, just like right in your ear, right in a, even when it's a non-scary part, but you're already so tense from watching the movie or something like that. Yeah. Hard mm-hmm. pass. I get scared when my dog growls. I'm like, oh, God, what's <laughs> that's just something I can't identify growling? Yeah. Right. No, thanks. I, Big I, think nope. I think that's pretty much everything. I did read a story going back to the hitchhiking thing. There's like a place called Wedding, Wedding Vales Falls, and there's supposedly a haunted bride that um, I can actually just pull it up. I have it right here. Give me one second. Mariah says, "With the price of food at the movies, growling could be expected." That's a good point. That's that's valid. The Bridal Veil Falls Ghost Bride. It's a mouthful, and they need a better name for marketing for this ghost. 
So Bridal Vale Falls Road in Ogden, Utah, said to be haunted by the ghost of a woman who was killed in a car accident on her wedding night. Her apparition is allegedly still seen wearing her white wedding dress at the location where she died. Um, Bing. Yeah, so I, I think this one is definitely a legend that they're just basing off the name of the location, Bridal Vale Falls. And it's called that because I guess the waterfall there looks just like a bridal veil. And I think people were just trying to incorporate that yeah, into that a ghost really story. really sounds a little too convenient. Yeah, a little yeah. too on the nose for that mm-hmm. one. But it makes it sound way creepier if the whole place is just based off of a ghost story instead of a waterfall. Mm. Yeah, True. so I think that's pretty much everything for Ogden. I don't think we, again, this is one of those ones I don't think we need to do a part two on. The only no. way we would do another part on this is if we actually go and investigate it. Wouldn't count that out. This one this sounds like a pretty cool town to visit. Yeah, if we're in this area, it seems like a great place to swing by and go, you know, go stay on the 11th floor of that hotel mm-hmm. or anywhere so, in that hotel. Yeah, for sure. Stay in the, stay in the elevator shaft. <laughs> That's a Dave job. Che- cheaper room staying, staying on the elevator for the night. <laughs> Sounds like a Dave job. You can be a bellhop for the night. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. Stick stick Dave in the elevator shaft. Yeah. Um, Why not? Let's give a quick shout out to our patrons. So VIPs, we have uh, is Jeannie, Jeannie R, Jenny, Jeannie, Jeannie. It looks like Janine, but I'm gonna go with Jeannie. Jeannie R, Jimmy H, Justin T, Lisa J, Mama Pops, Wilkins, Stephen V, and Demon King. Appreciate you guys. Those are our VIPs. Also, we have Jake V, Mike B, Stephanie A, Sydney B, Anthony, Angry Dave Rocks, T, Brandon W, Kathy McSlugs, Cody G, Kira Lee J, Mark M, Mariah T, I'm sorry, Mariah M, Matthew T, Papa Squatch, Rachel B, didn't forget you, uh, Sarah R, Sarah Dave loves Bacon R, Sarah W, Soph Hooper, thank you guys so much for signing up on Patreon for as little as $3 a month. We can Captain uh, McSlugs. I said that. I don't think you did. I you did. might have. I believe you. <laughs> For as little as $3 a month, you can also get your name on this list, and we definitely won't forget you three weeks in a row. So We uh, we got a really good five-star review this week that I want to read. Let's hear it. Um, it's from Barrier90. It's titled, Love This Show. And they said, I've been listening regularly since I heard them discuss the Sally House on Talk is Jericho. I work away from home on a towboat for 28 days at a time, and I go through many episodes while I'm gone. Godspeed to you for that because that is tough. Um, recently, my daughter was admitted to St. Jude with leukemia, and the show has definitely been a stress reliever while we're here. I've only made it to one live stream on YouTube so far, but I can't wait to do it again. I love the stories, the personalities of our magnificent host, and the camaraderie between them, even when Dave is threatened with bodily harm by Rob. Can't wait to hear some episodes based in my home state of Tennessee, maybe even... Maybe even my home county, since we have Shiloh Battlefield there. Keep the shows coming, gentlemen. So that's actually Brennan, and he's in live chat. Oh, is that Brennan? Um, yeah. So, uh, oh, very cool. Well, thank you for joining us, Brennan. I hope everything goes well with your daughter. That's uh, sad. Um, shoot us, uh, shoot us an email, and I'm gonna have us send you something. Matthew asked when we're going to be on Jericho again. So we were. Um, the show is recorded. I don't know when he drops them. So last time it was like yeah. a few weeks before he dropped them. We had figured maybe it was going to be like a Halloween special, but he already has like a Halloween special that's lined up. So uh, it's just in the it's in the chamber. Yeah. I, I would yeah. say you'll probably see it this week or next week, but we're we're not one hundred percent sure on that. Yep. 
So should be dropping relatively soon. And big shout out to everyone who came over from Chris Jericho's podcast. And obviously huge shout out to Chris Jericho. Absolute legend. Yeah. And if you go and watch or listen to Chris Jericho's episodes because of us, make sure you let them know it in the reviews. Say, hey, we're here because of Hometown Ghost Stories, not the other way around. You bastard. Don't say that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Maybe maybe not all that, but yeah, close to it. Uh, We had gotten, I I can't find the review. I was trying to look around for it, but uh, I I don't remember if it was emailed or left as a Facebook comment or something like that, but we got a couple of them. So people find a way if, if, if they don't have Apple podcasts, then they will send us a review other ways. But obviously the best way to do that, if you guys want your review read on, uh, on air, then drop one on Apple podcast, leave a comment and a five star and we will, uh, we'll read it out. Yeah. We'll do a better job of finding those uh, other places too and screenshotting them or something so we can read them at the end and keep sending us your ghost stories to our email, um, hometown ghost stories at gmail.com. That's where you can, We've gotten some really, really good ones in the past couple of weeks. We have to hold them for a bit because some of them are in states that we've already covered. And the goal of the next few months in general, there might be some outliers as we're trying to cover some states and places we have not covered yet over the last year. So that's why we got Utah this week. We got, um, oh my God, where did we cover last week? I did the episode. Michigan. We, we did Michigan last week. And I know I'm covering Mississippi for my next episode, which we haven't done yet. And I'm not sure what Jesse's doing. Yeah, neither am I. I should Good. figure that out soon. Good. Uh, I was going to do, I, I had, I was powering my way through a book on a very big haunting in Hanover, but I believe that was already in a state that we covered. So now I'm going to switch it up. Pennsylvania, the one that we've done. Can't, can't just keep doing it over and over again. So yeah. <laughs> I was, we love you, Pennsylvania. But I was oh. actually going to cover that that same haunting that you're talking about when I was researching, and I ended up doing Gettysburg instead. So, but that was, we'll yeah. get we'll do it. We'll tie it in together yeah, for sure. We will, we will do it. But uh, yeah, we're trying to hit some places we haven't hit yet. So shoot us your. The whole point of that was shoot us your ghost stories and. If we can, we will incorporate them into an episode somehow. If it uh, if it makes sense, yeah, so we did it with Oklahoma. Either Jesse, either via email, more it it'll be easier if you send it via Discord. What were we about to say, Dave? I was gonna say, pick your state right now and tell them because no. we gotta tell we gotta tell the people. No. They say where are we next week? They got Hawaii. Know. Hawaii, do Hawaii. Hawaii. Hawaii isn't even haunted. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it just seems like too nice. It seems like too nice a place. I don't know. I've never been Idaho. We could do Idaho. Hey, Idaho. Oh, okay. It's got to be at uh, least three, three or four ghosts in Idaho. There's at least two buildings. <laughs> One potatoes, of them has to be haunted. The potatoes have eyes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, but other than that, that's gonna do it for me. Yeah. All right. Well, goodbye, Rob. And it will do it for the rest of us as well. So, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back uh, uh, next Tuesday. Back on Friday, Are we dropping a horror movie review on Friday. Is that the plan? Who knows. Who knows? But we are recording another cursed possession. Robert the doll is coming up. Where is this? The this is the post Halloween hangover you're witnessing. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) something's coming. Something will happen on Friday, and something will happen on Tuesday. Yes, here for the surprise, (laughs) and you'll get something early if you're a Patreon member. That you will definitely get. So, anyways, uh, that'll pretty much do it. Thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate everyone who has hung out here in live chat. We'll see you guys next week for a brand new episode. Tuesday, 9 o'clock. Be there. See you.